The Tom Woods Show, episode 1305. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Hey, everybody, don't forget my friend Bob Murphy has an amazing new book where he takes all his critiques of Paul Krugman from over the years, all these devastating smashes, and organizes them in one volume according to topic. And these are topics you want to master, and Bob will help make you the master of the universe. Check it out at ContraKrugmanBook.com, and I am the narrator of the audiobook version, and you can get that for free when you check out the Audible offer at TomWoodsAudio.com. Hi, everybody. Tom Woods here. Naomi Brockwell is with us today. We're going to be talking about how cryptocurrency and a brand new platform can help circumvent social media censorship, if you want to use that word. We've been seeing people getting purged from various platforms, and the reasoning behind these purges seems to be increasingly arbitrary. So what can be done, well, one possibility is to use cryptocurrency as a way of getting around the gatekeepers. And how exactly that would work is going to be the subject of our conversation. We're going to be focusing in particular on Patreon, which is a platform that content creators very often use to attract contributions from people in exchange for various levels of benefits they receive. And Patreon, in recent weeks and months, has been engaged in purging people from its platform, and in some cases because they're afraid of the credit card companies getting upset at them. So what if we just cut all this out? So anyway, we're going to be talking about Bitbacker, bitbacker bitbacker.io today, with Naomi, who is a producer of Stossel on Reason, multi-talented, very knowledgeable in the area of cryptocurrency where she's done a lot of work, and she is an ambassador of sorts for bitbacker.io. Naomi, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. Total pleasure to have you on the Contra Cruise. We had such a great time, and your your quiz show that you did with us was such an amazing hit. Even though I lost miserably, I've never enjoyed <laughs> myself more losing miserably. You lost valiantly. That's you, right. you lost with grace and style and uh, pizzazz. No, it was super, super fun. I'm, I'm so pleased that I got to host it on the cruise, which was the best event I've ever been to in my life. I have to just go out there and wow. say it was so much fun. It's it's really, really great. And, and I actually made, I, I took an excerpt of that longer video of the whole quiz show where I just did the celebrity heads part. I'm going to upload it to YouTube very, very soon. <laughs> awesome. uh, j- because as a more bite-sized video, I think it would give people a quick taste of what the experience was like and can serve as kind of a promo for the cruise because it's the laughter is just uproarious. <laughs> the laughter from everybody. And then Bob just had all these quick one-liners the whole time. He was really, he really good for him. Oh. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a hilarious, hilarious man. It, it just made everything so much fun. It, it really was great. And, and by the way, I know we have deeply serious things to be talking about, and we will get to that in just a second, but did you see how I mercilessly taunted him a few days ago on Twitter? <laughs> was that not what did terrible? You say? Well, Wait, he, he posted a thing about Alaska and embedded in it 
because well, that's the next Contra Cruise, ContraCruise.com. We're going to Alaska in 2019. So he posted a thing about that, and it had a photo embedded in it of a whale coming out of the, the water and diving back in, you know, with mountains in the background. And so he says, hey, you know, come on to Contra Cruise to Alaska. And he says, parentheses, the whale has not yet been confirmed as a speaker. <laughs> and so my reply was, Bob, I thought for sure you were speaking. Oh, isn't that terrible? <laughs> oh, so, uh, oh, oh, dear. So he's going to, you know what's going to happen now, though. He's going to retaliate. Oh, I know does. it's coming. You it's have a, it coming for you on that cruise. It's a 10 megaton bomb. But the thing is, because Gene Epstein is coming with us on next year's cruise, we're going to have some kind of a debate. Because what's, oh. what's Gene Epstein without a debate? We're going to have him moderate Absolutely. some kind of debate between Bob and me. So Bob and I are going to be ragging on each other pretty consistently on Twitter between now and the next Contra Cruise to build up. And, and that and that debate will not be recorded to be shown to anybody. If you're not on the Contra Cruise, you don't see it. So anyway, Ooh, I know that's, we're, that's exciting. we're playing hardball, Naomi. We're playing hardball. All right. <laughs> well, speaking of playing hardball, I think um, bitbacker.io is an example of playing hardball because uh, this fits very well into the context of current events because, in fact, I don't even want to steal your thunder. Before we get into Bitbacker.io, what is the problem that it's seeking to solve? Well, currently you have a huge amount of censorship going on across social media platforms. But on top of that, you've got demonetization of a lot of content creators. And so this is a huge thing right now. At the moment, I mean, we we know that Facebook and Twitter and all of these sites, I mean, they are very heavily leaning to one side of the political spectrum and purging people who just don't fit into that mold. And I mean, it's fine. It's a private platform. They can do what they want. But at the end of the day, you know, if people are also being demonetized, they're going to have a lot of issues making a living and having a sustainable living. So Bitbacker is a platform that came in to solve this problem. At the moment, I mean, you you look at the history of, of money, you've had a monopoly on the money supply from the government for a really long time. So if the government decides to put pressure on an intermediary, if they decide to put pressure on PayPal or MasterCard or Visa and say, we will, we do not want you to process these transactions, they can definitely do that. They have control over that. And now we have decentralized money that can't be shut down. And so now we have decentralized ways for people to earn a living. So people can't be censored in the same way that they were previously. And uh, Bitbacker is a site that functions kind of like Patreon, where people can have a monthly donation to content creators creators, or they can send during live streams, they can send power chats, which is a comment with you know, a donation attached to their favorite YouTuber, for example. But these are things that, for example, Patreon was charging 10% and YouTube takes 30% of everything that goes through. And so all, already this is exorbitant. But on top of that, Patreon's just gone through this huge purge where they've kicked all of these people off their platform and said, no, 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 I'm sorry, this doesn't fit with our guidelines. And they've kicked off people that is kind of been shocking the decisions. One example was BitChute, which is an alternative media platform. It, it works like YouTube. I'm on it. Uh, I love it. Yeah, people have been urging me to get on it. Oh, you should, Tom. You should definitely. It's the easiest process. It was literally, I was I was looking for alternatives. A bunch of my friends were being kicked off YouTube because they're into crypto and YouTube was doing this big purge and, and what's more, people were being demonetized as well. So people were looking for alternatives and BitChute actually reached out to me and walked me through the entire process 
I now have my YouTube site mirrored so that every single thing I post on YouTube, it automatically gets uploaded to BitChute. So if, let's say, YouTube shuts down my account tomorrow, every single one of my videos is saved. And I'm also growing a following on this alternative platform. So definitely wow. worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, so right now you have a lot of different competing sites which a little bit more sophisticated in the crypto world. So they're not really for beginners. And they're they're complicated and they rely on specific currencies. I mean, I, I use I use a lot of them. I use Steemit, I use Minds.com, I use memo.cash. There are lots of great platforms out there. Bitbacker.io is the easiest one I've ever signed up to. So this is one that is completely for beginners. All you need is a Bitcoin address. You just need a Bitcoin address. You put it in there and it's a way for you to become monetized if you're a content creator. And if you're someone who's looking for content that hasn't been shut down and uh, isn't just towing the line, um, you know, this is a place where people won't be censored. So it's a great place to find content as well. All right. So... I'm definitely going to make note of that in 2019. In fact, now that I've said that, if I don't go over there, I'm going to get in oh, trouble. You, <laughs> so. Tom, let's set this up this week. Let's get you on to Bitback. I think that this is very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I don't think I necessarily... What I have for myself is I have my own site called supportinglisteners.com. And I basically did that before I even had heard of Patreon. Maybe I wouldn't have if I had known there was Patreon. But in retrospect, I'm glad I did. I have my own thing. And plus... Supportinglisteners.com, that should have been taken by somebody. I'm the king of finding domain names that should have been taken <laughs> and somehow weren't, and I grab them. Uh, BitChute, I definitely think I should be on, and I want to look into and support people who are on Bitbacker. Without a doubt, I want to get on that because I, I want to support this project. I think it's important. So it's important not only to get content creators on it, but it's also important to get supporters on it. And I want to be a, a supporter. I mean, I, I was just sending out an email the other day telling people two things we've learned about uh, the world in recent weeks is, uh, number one, we need to support our content creators ourselves. We need to support them directly. You like what somebody's doing, you support that person. That's what I do. I, I like Scott Horton, so I send Scott Horton some money. I like the 10th Amendment Center, so I do. I mean, that's just automatic. The second thing I said was our people need their own platforms. So either my supporting listeners thing or Bitbacker is an example of having your own platform that it belongs to us. Yeah. So now let me just get one little detail out of the way. If you go to bitbacker.io right now, it's kind of a plain Jane looking site, but don't let that deceive you. The idea is of enormous significance. And those of you who like a super fancy and sleek looking homepage, you'll get that coming. But as we were discussing this before recording, the idea was it's urgent to get the site up. Just get the site up and functional right away. Now, right. what kind then, of a... Uh, oh, oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, well, because there's such a huge demand for it. And people have been talking about like, where is an alternative to Patreon? Where is an alternative, like a crypto version for Super Chats? People have been talking about this for such a long time. So currently, as I said, there's this huge purge on Patreon. A bunch of people were just deplatformed. And as I said, BitChute was one of those companies that was deplatformed. Now, BitChute doesn't even put out content. They were written, Patreon said, you are violating our terms and conditions. We're shutting you down, just out of the blue. And BitChute responded and said, we don't understand. What have we done? And then they responded and said, you know, we are you're against our terms and conditions, example, inciting violence. 
Now, this is just an alternative media platform uh, that has everyone on it. I mean, they they don't allow illegal things on there because, I mean, they're still culpable in the terms of, in the eyes of government, uh, if they have certain things on there. But they're really, really careful just to be really light-handed. Uh, they want their site to be a place where people can be free to upload content that they want. And so they were pushed off Patreon. They got most of their funding through community, through Patreon. So this is a huge blow to them. So immediately they came over to bitbacker.io. Uh, I actually did an interview with them talking about the process. But now suddenly they're in a spot where they can get donations again. And if you look at the history of Bitcoin, like the reason this is so important right now is because the history of Bitcoin is a history of censorship resistance. You look at the first bull run of Bitcoin, it coincided with WikiLeaks accepting donations. Now, this is a situation, again, where the government didn't like a certain platform, didn't like the content that they were putting out. And so the government was able to put pressure on the intermediaries, on PayPal, on Visa, on MasterCard. And so they were able to, they, they could have shut WikiLeaks down just by halting their donations, because how could they have survived if they didn't have any way to support themselves? And then Bitcoin came along. And actually, the creator of Bitcoin, so Satoshi Nakamoto, actually made a comment and said, please don't publicize uh, that you're, you know WikiLeaks is accepting Bitcoin. You know, it'll just, because they he knew that this was just going to be a huge influx of people into the cryptocurrency sphere now that they realize that this money is censorship resistance and can't be controlled by the government. That's exactly what happened. We had the first major bull run in Bitcoin due to the fact that WikiLeaks started accepting Bitcoin. And then that's that's huge. Now that we have decentralized money, this is a way for people to be promoting projects uh, in a peer-to-peer way that they believe in without the fear that that's going to be intercepted by a government and shut down. And I think that that's such an important point in history. Absolutely. And I think that's a key, the key to understanding the problem that Patreon itself faces, which is that it has to deal with the credit card companies. And lately, even the credit card companies have been skittish about Who's using them? Uh, you know, Absolutely. that is to say, a, a platform like Patreon is hosting. Like, for instance, they recently removed a fellow who is named Carl Benjamin, who more popularly went by the name Sargon of Akkad. I've had him on the show, right? And the thing is, I don't agree with him on on uh, a number of things, but it's there's nothing hateful, so called, about this guy. I mean, if anything. He's too middle of the road for me. I mean, he's, you know, well, we need the government for X and Y. What? Get out of here. But the idea that the threat in the world is from Sargon of Akkad (laughs) is preposterous. Yeah. And And they can do that because I think they're afraid that, well, somebody will hear one thing that he said in one sentence from 50 years ago. Who knows? And we don't want to get in trouble with MasterCard and Visa because then how can we run Patreon? Absolutely. And you're talking about Visa and MasterCard. So one side of this is censorship, which is a huge issue. But the other side of things is that you're going to save a huge amount of money using crypto. And that's still something that people don't quite realize. So when people are payment processors, I mean, you either have to spend exorbitant amounts of money to become licensed as a payment processor yourself in order to bring in fiat money and distribute it, or you have to pay exorbitant fees for someone else to do it, to, for PayPal to take care of that, for MasterCard to take care of that. And so at the moment with Patreon, so I mentioned the 10% that they take. Now, 5% of that is actually for Patreon and 5% of that is for payment processing fees. With cryptocurrency, you just don't have those fees. So at the moment, I mean, Bitbacker takes 1% as opposed to 10%. That is an order of magnitude difference yeah. in the amount that you're going to be spending, which is just, it's huge. And so there's, there are real cost savings 
things there. Like for a YouTuber, for a content creator, it's a no-brainer. Of course, of course, they want 10% more money, you know, or 9% uh, more of, of what's being donated to them. But also, if you're someone who's careful with your money, if you're sending a donation, you don't want to see 10% just be taken off the top and not go to the person that you actually want to support. So it's just a great way to get that money directly into the hands of the people that you value. You know, and it's interesting at the moment, like you look at government intervention across the board and people with social media, they don't like censorship. And you're starting to hear this strange talk of, well, we want the government to intervene. We we want there to be a rule so no one can be pushed off Facebook, but no one can be pushed off Twitter. I understand where that's coming from, but it's also crazy if you think about the consequences of that. Here's a platform that clearly doesn't agree with your values or doesn't agree with the values of certain sectors of society. And what you want to cement them as being the center of the social media world by saying, no, they have to accept everyone. We're going to you know, further entrench them as this, this central platform. No, this is the perfect example and the perfect time for alternative social media platforms to be coming along that are more accepting, that you know, are censorship resistant, that use different monetary systems so they can't be shut down. So I am looking at these next few years as being the rise of social media platforms, alternative social media platforms. Uh, you're already seeing it in the, the video space with the democratization of, of media across the board and now the decentralization of media and things that, that can't be shut down. But I honestly think that now uh, you've seen the big tech giants who are purging all these people and just perpetuating this terrible censorship. Um, you're going to see them basically putting the nail in their own coffin, I think. This is not going to be a good move for them. And I think that their their reign is starting to be over because I'm seeing some great competition out there. And that's what we want. We want competition in these sites. And, and that's definitely what, what we're getting right now. I'm going to ask such a newbie question. You're just going to have oh, to forgive please me. Do. But please a, do. About a year ago, I had two people on to debate the Bitcoin versus Bitcoin cash issue. And by the way, on that, we had a very civil discussion, surprisingly. But I, I would say that division, I have not, you can talk about political correctness all day long. That stuff is child's play compared to the viciousness of the Bitcoin versus Bitcoin cash <laughs> conversation. Oh my gosh, really? So anyway, but the point is that one of the key points of that discussion was that at that time, the issue was that the fees associated with Bitcoin itself were so high as to make small transactions not make sense. And so has that changed since then, such that something like Bitbacker is plausible now? Well, it definitely has changed uh, since then. But also, Bitbacker is a site that accepts multiple different currencies. Currently, it accepts Bitcoin and it accepts Bitcoin Cash. Uh, they're in the process of adding a bunch more different cryptocurrencies as well. And it's all community dependent. So the best you know, communities who have influences that they want to support, they're writing to Bitbacker and saying, oh, please you know, accept Litecoin, accept Dash, accept Smart Cash. And so uh, that's in the process of being uh, implemented and integrated right now. But when you're talking Talking about fees, what's been fascinating? So at the moment, the fees on Bitcoin are higher than Bitcoin Cash, but it's nowhere near the levels that it was a year ago. It's still like maybe it's the difference between 20 cents, maybe a fee associated with Bitcoin, and then maybe like five cents or a penny uh, associated with Bitcoin Cash. So there is a remarkable difference. And obviously that fluctuates a huge amount and is also dependent upon how long you want to wait for your transaction to be confirmed. So that's a more technical point. But at the same time there, 
So I was thinking, well, obviously, there will be a lot more Bitcoin Cash users on this site. I'll probably get a lot more donations in Bitcoin Cash because it is a micro donation and the fees are lower. And I just haven't seen that. I've actually still seen the overwhelming majority of people who are supporting me, sending through power chats, they're paying in Bitcoin. And what I've realized is that actually when you are giving donations, people tend to be less price sensitive. They're less sensitive to volatility. And so it's just this interesting phenomenon where people haven't minded because already, like if, I mean, you could have a 10% fluctuation in price, it wouldn't matter because you're still saving 10% that would have been taken by Patreon. So there's like a huge room for people, a huge room in there for the amount that people have to spend in fees and all of that before they even get up to the level that the traditional platforms are charging right now. So, I mean, overwhelmingly, it's just shown that crypto is so much better for this stuff because you don't have to go through all the payment processing. It is peer-to-peer. As I said, all you need is a Bitcoin donation address and everything is done on the on the client side. So, it's just super, super easy to use. So, that's, I mean, that's been my experience there, but that, that's actually a great question regarding fees because it's a worry that people have had but Bitpacker has just proven that you know it, when it comes down to it when it comes down to the donations people are giving it hasn't been an issue is the ambition ultimately to try to duplicate the kinds of features Patreon had because on Patreon you can have multiple support levels and at higher levels people get different sorts of bonuses and Patreon helps distribute those in some cases but it seems like that would be a little bit annoying to design, but is that what you're trying to do? Or is it just, we're going to have just a raw substitute and it's going to be a little bit more uh, basic in the features? Well, absolutely. That's what the, what the plan is. As I said, this was pushed out because so many people were being deplatformed. They needed an alternative and it's been really popular so far. Like I think, you know, Ben Swan just came over, Bitshoot came over. Oh, there have been a bunch of people who, you know, realize the value of building a community on a platform where they're not going to be shut down. And I'm sure that, I mean, you could sympathize with this. So like if you, and you said that you, you built your own platform, I think that's so wonderful because you think about how long it takes to build a following on a certain platform and then to just see that disappear is heartbreaking. You know, yes, there are alternatives out there, but the time investment it took me, for example, to build up my Patreon supporters, to build up my YouTube supporters, my Twitter supporters, if any of those get shut down, I'm going to be so devastated. So just the certainty, like the, the knowledge that first of all, payments are not going to be stopped and they're not at the mercy of payment processes. And also it's like a censorship resistant platform. It's really going against this ethos of we're going to shut down free speech. So I think it's a more comfortable place for a lot of these content creators to be going on to because they know that their communities are just going to disappear tomorrow. There's also this feature. So in in cryptocurrency, I mean, the reason it's taken so long to have a payment service like this is because Bitcoin works in this this wonderful way that a lot of people think is a bug. But I mean, I would say it's definitely a feature. When you have a credit card or you have a a debit account, you, you sign up for something, they can pull money from your account. That's how the system works. It's a pool system. So if someone has those details, they can access your account without your permission. So you can sign up for something and they can just keep deducting. You know, you may have a subscription you forget about and they'll just keep deducting. And it's kind of this 
kind of dubious system, if you think about it, where a lot of business models kind of rest on this idea that you're going to forget about these subscriptions and keep paying, right? Because they have permission to just take that money. Bitcoin operates that you have to push the money out of your account. You need permission every time it happens. And I think that's just such a better way. And I think that it has more integrity that way. And so it's a system where with, with the Bitbacker site, they've actually capitalized on this and that's become one of the features of this. Like they're not going to take money out of your account without your knowledge. They're not going, they don't have access to your money. So you can just kind of feel safer about payments each month. However many monthly subscriptions you're you're subscribed to, that will all become packaged into this nice, neat little format. So it's just like one payment. Let's say you're supporting 20 people. You don't have to make 20 separate transactions. It's all wrapped together. So it's just a single transaction that's automatically split. So really leveraging the technological capabilities of, of cryptocurrencies. So I just, I just think it's a much better system with more integrity that doesn't rely on the forgetfulness of the payer in order for payments to be made. Uh, let me ask you one more thing just about policy. Are you of the opinion that uh, the best approach here is just to say, as long as what you're doing is not illegal, because look, we're not, you know, we want to stand up for you, but we're not going to prison for you. As long as you're, you know, I mean, you can say what you want, but, you know, don't, uh, you know, enslave people or like whatever else, whatever sinister thing you have in mind. Are, are you basically saying anything goes apart from that? Basically saying anything goes. Like if there's a situation, I mean, we know that the government holds websites liable for what's on there. But I think that there are many, many layers of censorship at the moment. So, you know, on the one hand, you've got people being wary of what the payment processors will think. They don't want to upset MasterCard. They don't want to upset Visa. But then you've also got people like the government uh, at a lower level saying, well, actually, you know, this is illegal and and we will hold you accountable for this. So there's always that mindset of, well, we've got to be careful of what's on here. But that being said, Bitbacker is a wrapper. So uh, rapper not as in like R-A-P-P, like rapper as in W-R-A-P, in case you're confused um, So it's a, it's a wrapper where they're not actually hosting the content on their site. So the transactions are all peer-to-peer. You can embed whatever you know video streams you want elsewhere. So it's a much safer platform for you to use for monetization. Uh, it's not somewhere where you're going to host the videos directly. You know yeah. That's going to be elsewhere. You can post it on decentralized platforms that are can't be shut down if you want. And you can just embed it on the Bitbacker site. So it's just a much safer platform for content creators to use. Feel safe that their content isn't going to be taken down. Well, I think, uh, you know, the, the whole cryptocurrency debate has been contentious uh, over the years. And I think that this problem of being deplatformed on social media is going to make converts out of people who have been anti-cryptocurrency because they'll say, you know, all right, Maybe I'm not so sure about its long-term viability, let's say, as a as the general medium of exchange in society, but I can certainly see the immediate utility of it Absolutely. for this particular purpose. Yeah, and I mean, that's such a great point as well. If you look at the history of cryptocurrency, I mean, it's really needed a good use case. Previously, black market has been a huge use case, right? That doesn't vibe well with some people, you know. Um, I, I like to say that the black market in America may be drugs, but in China, it's clothing and medicine and food and, and all of that. So I, I have nothing against the black market. But for some people, they really don't resonate with that. And Bitcoin has really needed a great use case that was legal, 
that people could get on board with other than just black markets. And now we have one because this is perfectly legal. These are just people that have been deplatformed by giant tech juggernauts who didn't like their message and who are trying to censor them. And uh, this is just such a great example of how cryptocurrency can come in and make everyone more free and just enable freedom of speech because we know that whoever holds the strings to the purses, they have so much control. They control the money supply. They have control. They control the payment processing. They have control. And so now we finally have this wonderful legal use case. I mean, I, I would say there are lots of amazing use cases out there, but this is something that people can really resonate with because freedom of speech is so important. So I totally agree with you. And I think that we're going to see a lot more people coming over to cryptocurrency simply because they see that the freedom of speech that it's enabling. It's a wonderful thing, bitbacker.io. You definitely, folks, want to check out. I'll link to it at tomwoods.com slash 1305. And I'll also link to the last time Naomi was on the show. You should listen to that. And on that page, you'll see links to support her and all the stuff that she's doing. And I'm glad you reached out to me to talk about this because sometimes I don't have the pulse of everything that's going on. And this is really important. People need to know about it. We need to support this. So I'm really, really glad that it's it's happening. So my hat is off to JJ for sure. And uh, thanks for talking to me about it today. Thanks so much for having me on. And I look forward to seeing you on the platform, Tom. All right, folks, two things to tell you. Number one, remember Friday of next week, which is December 21st, 2018, will be the last episode of The Tom Woods Show for 2018. I always take a little time off around Christmas time, and that's coming up. That'll give you time to catch up on the other episodes you may have missed or perhaps to start listening to Contra Krugman, which is my other podcast over at ContraKrugman.com. So that's the first thing I want you to know about. So don't think that anything's happened to me. Um, We did have a bit of an issue this week. We had a rather abrupt personnel change around here, and I uh, was only able to produce four episodes this week. And I just, that's, that's all I can do under the circumstances. But things are more or less back to normal as of next week. So we'll have the five episodes, and then we're gonna say goodbye to 2018, and I'll see you again in 2019 on January 2nd with our first episode of the year. Second thing, if you are interested in learning how to speak a foreign language, we are at one of those times where Rocket Languages is having one of its sales. And what they do is they'll say, for the next 500 or maybe 1,000 courses that we sell, we'll give you 60% off. But as soon as we sell that number, the sale goes away. So you got to jump on it right away. And next week they're doing that, starting December 17th and running for several days or until they make all the sales, they're uh, taking 60% off. So it's worth checking out. My daughter Regina herself has the Japanese course and likes it very much. And I happen to know one of the two founders of the company. So I I can assure you these are top-notch people with a top-notch product. So tomwoods.com slash rocket. Put that on your Google calendar to make sure you grab one of these courses while they are 60% off. tomwoods.com slash rocket is the link. And I got a brand new ebook you're going to love, absolutely free, coming at you next week. I'll tell you about it then. I'll just say the title of the book is Our Enemy, the Fed, and I'm giving that to you for nothing. Details next week. Thanks for listening. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time.